Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew Werner! It's time! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of Tailgates and Teasers. I'm your host, Drew Gorder. And we have a World Series kind of L.A. episode for you today, as well as some baseball talk with the new hires of Tony LaRusso to the White Sox and A.J. Hinch to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Jake Ward and Andrew Gray are going to be coming on the show in a little bit. Before we get going, though, shout out to the sponsors of Broken Bat Workshop. Uh, be sure to follow them on Instagram at Broken Bat Workshop and use the code TNT10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Also, Perfect Golf. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at Perfect Golf. Use the code TAILGATES, all caps, at checkout for 20% off your order there. Real quick, before we get into it, I'm going to give you guys a hint. Stay tuned. Some point in the episode, there's going to be a code word for a giveaway we're doing on our Instagram. If you can comment the code word somewhere throughout this episode on our most recent post on Instagram, you will be in the drawing for a customized special edition Tailgates and Teasers hat and $25 Amazon gift card. Recently, we did a fundraiser to help out all the wildfire victims, so partnered with the California Community Foundation Wildfire Relief Fund. Our goal was $500, and we reached our goal of $500, so we thank you very much for donating and participating in that little fundraiser we did. So, L.A., it has been nothing but good news for them. The Dodgers win the World Series this year. The Lakers win the finals. It's been tough for the Dodgers the past four years, obviously. Uh, Kershaw finally gets his ring this year, but... 2016, the Cubs beat them in the NLCS. 2017, the Astros beat them in the World Series. 2018, the Red Sox beat them in the World Series. 2019, the Nationals beat them in the NLCS. And then 2020, they finally put it together after four years of losing those really, really close, deep in playoff games, and they beat the Rays in six. It was a really fun World Series to watch. And, you know, the NBA Finals as well, the Lakers, LeBron gets his fourth. You know, guys, real quick, I just want to throw in this kind of conspiracy numbers theory that I have. It, it just worked out perfectly with, you know, everything that's happened in L.A. this this year with Kobe Bryant and, you know, Gigi Bryant and just, you know, the success L.A. had. Los Angeles Dodgers win the World Series and the Los Angeles Lakers win the NBA Finals. Last time the Dodgers won the World Series was 32 years ago in 1988. The Lakers and Dodgers, just like in 2020, won the NBA Finals and World Series. So that was 32 years ago. The Lakers now have 17 NBA championships. The Dodgers have seven World Series titles. You add those up, 17 and 7, you get 24. All right, stick with me here. You get 32, the original number. You subtract it from 24, you get 8. If you're going to tell me that there's not any sort of correlation with Kobe Bryant and Los Angeles, and all the success that's going on there right now, 
you're crazy. You know, that is just, it blows my mind how that relates. I just thought I had to share that with you guys real quick. Uh, with that said, we have Jake and Andrew coming on the show now to get into some baseball talk, and uh, let's get into it. All right, Jake, Drew, good to have you guys back on here. It's been a while since we've been able to record, but hey, the World Series is over, and it was a crazy World Series to say the least. The Dodgers came out on top four games to two, beating the Tampa Bay Rays. Give me your thoughts on the overall series. I mean, man, it was a hell of a series to watch, wasn't it? I mean, you know the networks were rooting for that Houston and and Dodger rematch, kind of a a winner-take-all for 2017 and 2020, but you know, they got a good series instead. You know, the, the Rays put up a, a good fight. I think a team that not a whole lot of people had in the World Series. I mean, definitely in the playoffs with the expanded format. But, you know, they, they produced a good series. Unfortunately for the Giants, it was the Dodgers' time. Um, congrats to all our, our Dodger fan homies that are out there. Adrian, Jeff, I'll, I'll shout them out. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, it was their time. They were hot, and they, they put on a good series. It was fun to watch, and that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. Super entertaining to watch. I think when it came down to the end, it was the best two teams to watch. So, I mean, it, it's always going to make at least the two hottest teams at the time. You know, it's always going to make a, a fun series to watch. And I just uh, – I, I couldn't stop watching how many strikeouts there were. I think they set a record for – I think it was 21 strikeouts between the two teams in game six. Um, I mean, it's just a different way the game's being played nowadays. And uh, it's interesting to see, you know, I think over 50% of the runs this year in the postseason were scored on home runs. Um, and so we're seeing home runs and strikeouts like we've never seen before. It's uh, very interesting to watch baseball in its state at the moment. It's like we yeah. talked about at the beginning of the year, that the three true outcomes, strikeout, the home run, and the walk. Right. Yeah. I was actually happy the Dodgers won, to be honest. I know – being a NorCal guy, but they've been there so many years, man. I felt I was starting to feel bad for them. 2016 NLCS and 2017, 18, 19 World Series losses. Like it was nice for them to stick together and pull it out instead of, you know, just wreck ship, do a bunch of fires and just blow it all up. It was nice to see them actually stick together and pull it off. I like teams that do that instead of, you know, try and, you know, blow things up. I was nice to see Mookie Betts. I mean, that dude had one hell of a playoff series too. You know, they were talking about how he might be as good as Mike Trout. Like, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I have a hard time taking anybody over Mike Trout. I don't I don't care. You know, Mookie Betts might be the second player in baseball who I would want to start a franchise with. But uh, I think, yeah. you know, until until maybe his later years, I, I just I can't imagine taking anybody other than Trout. How does that trade look now for the the Dodgers picking up Mookie Betts? I mean, and and how foolish do the Red Sox look, especially with the the great year that Mookie went on to have, not just in the regular season but in the playoffs too. So, we'll, we'll see how that kind of kind of shifts things for the Dodgers. Well, you can just you can see it reflected in their in their uh, in their overall and and where, how they ended ended the year. You know, it's it's looking a lot like. Uh, the Houston Texans right now with Deshaun uh, with uh, Hopkins leaving, you know, all of a sudden it's like they're missing that core of their team. It's hard to win when you don't have it. Speaking of shifting things up to the Dodgers, now they have seven free agents, uh, you know, Turner, Jock, Kike, Alex Wood, Trinan, Pedro Baez, and uh, Jake McGee. So it's going to be interesting to see who they, who they bring back for next year. Uh, Corey Seager, 
NLCS MVP, World Series MVP. That dude was an animal in the postseason. Uh, however, I still think the MVP of the World Series is Kevin Cash of Game Six, pulling Blake Snell <laughs> at five and third inning, only two hits, one earned run, and nine Ks. What are your guys' thoughts on him pulling Blake Snell? He obviously should have left him in longer, yeah. I mean, my first thought is this is analytics destroying baseball. I mean, I shared for anyone who's friends of mine on Facebook, I shared out a video from Tim Kirkchen immediately after about him talking about how analytics kind of got in and in, in the way here. And Kevin Cash kind of got in his mind a little bit, pulled him too early when Snell was dealing. And, you know, that kind of ended up handing the game and ultimately the series to the Dodgers. I mean, sometimes you got to stick with your gut, you know, as much as we can put numbers in the game, it doesn't beat a, a manager's into intuition. You know, how, how do you think Boji got three and five for the giants in the early part of the decade? You know, it's, it wasn't from analytics. So sometimes you got to trust your gut when a guy's dealing, he's dealing. Yeah. I think that's a great name to bring up. I, I was about to bring Bochi up, you know, it kind of, it, it's how he ran those, those, that bullpen for that, their whole stretch was just, it's all about a feel. So uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's, it's the analytics. It's, it's, you know, you see it with the A's a lot, too. I think we see them fizzle out a lot. I think Bob Melvin relies too much on the statistics in the playoffs. And uh, I think it just it comes up to bite you in the end. One of my favorite postseason performances, David Freeze, a while back, just absolutely going off. And a guy that actually had a better postseason than him this year, the guy on the Rays, uh, Aro Zarena, I believe I said that right. What are you guys' thoughts on just his postseason and his role with the Rays? You know, he's kind of a no-name and then out of nowhere just just went off completely. So what are your guys' thoughts on him going next year for that team? Well, what a way to explode on the scene in, in the biggest of stages, you know, primetime stage with everyone watching the playoffs. I mean, that almost guaranteed him an opening day spot next year, barring anything right. sort of crazy. Um, and I think now that, maybe signals that he can be a, a guy that you want to build around. I mean, you got to be careful that he doesn't just become a flash in the pan. I mean, it is a very small sample size of what was a shortened season. So, you know, a lot of things may not happen again that happened this year, but I think the Rays are hoping that Arizona can be one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting way to, to way to look at all the stats combined. Right. I mean, in the postseason, he, he, he had more hits than he did in the regular season, more home runs, more RBIs. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting to see that that might have just been the point of the season where he heated up. You know, he might have had one of those really, really good coming out years, but instead it just ends up being at the right time in the playoffs. Going back to payroll real quick, Dodgers had the highest payroll in the league from 2014 to 2017, third highest in 2018, fourth highest in 2019, and second in 2020. Uh, they also have one of the consistently top-rated farm systems in the major leagues. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on how people spend money on their players? I mean, the Dodgers obviously love to spend money on their players, but like comparing to the A's, uh, who completely every single year seems like early exits in the playoffs, uh, is that something that should change, or is this like a new formula that the Dodgers show are very consistent with how it works? Or what are your guys' thoughts on the payroll? Well, I think the Dodgers have showed what you can do when you're not afraid to spend money, but also are very good at identifying and keeping that talent. The A's, like you mentioned, Drew, very good at identifying that talent. We're not always the best at keeping that talent. I bet you they will with Olsen and Chapman and all the guys they have coming up the pipe there. But, you know, it, it, 
if you can identify that talent and then you're willing to pay that talent to stay there, you can build a good organization. And the Dodgers, you know, as much as I don't like to admit it, they built a great organization. They had great talent in the front office. Zaidi was a part of that. Now the, the Giants general manager, or I should say president of baseball operations, they're able to identify their guys, guys that fit their, their style of play. And then they're able to, to keep that going. And then when you have an abundance of riches, you trade for a big player like Mookie Betts and you bring him into an already stacked organization and you just perpetually stay good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not much of a, a new, a new formula either. You know, I, I mean, I think the difference, you, you know, we've seen the Yankees do this for a long time. We saw the, the Giants splash the pocketbooks when, when they were making their runs. You know, I think the difference between the Yankees and the Giants right now is that they have that depth in the minor leagues. You know, the Giants got stuck where they are right now with a bunch of big contracts for guys who aren't performing. And when you don't have the guys to bring up behind them, you have what you have now, which is a bunch of losing seasons because you're stuck paying a bunch of guys for what they did four or five years ago. Um, the, the Dodgers have shown that they're not afraid to spend the cash, but they're also, um, like Jake said, really good at identifying talent. And when you have the, the safety net of having the minor leagues, I think it, it makes it a lot easier for you to go out and, and make a move uh, like a Mookie Betts, you know. And when it comes to them compared to teams like the A's, I mean, it's always going to be different because, you know, I mean, the A's just at the moment don't have the, the financial ability to go out and even sign a Mookie and, and try and, and hold on to him, you know? So I do think that that's a, a little different scenario, but, um, you know, when you have the talent they do, I mean, the last, uh, I saw this in an, in an article today, the last four years uh, in the wild card era, they now have the highest winning percentage for any four year uh, run. They, they just passed the, 96 to 99 Yankees. Um, I think in the last four years, they've won, I don't know, over 600% of, uh, of their games. So um, I think they're set for the long term. And I think when you have ownership who's willing to to hand out the money and you're not a- afraid to make the big moves, then, yeah, you usually end up being pretty good. Other baseball news, we got Tony La Russa, who agreed to be the White Sox new manager. Uh, elected in the Hall of Fame in 2014, and he has the third most wins of any manager in MLB history with 2,728 wins and 2,365 losses. So good hire, bad hire. What are your guys' thoughts on Tony La Russa of the White Sox? Random. <laughs> Random, I feel like. I mean, kind of coming out of nowhere. I, you know, the last thing I expected to see coming in from MLB Network on my phone was Tony La Russa is hired to coach the White Sox. I think it's going to be an interesting clash of uh, an old school versus a new school uh, approach to the game. And it's going to be interesting to see how the analytics, how I feel, you know, he's got a butt heads with the analytics. I mean, there's no way that back in the eighties, Tony LaRusso was sitting in the, in the A's dugouts thinking, you know, how can I get the right matchup going? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep up with what's going on. And if that, front office so the White Sox can stay together because I, I, I've already heard coming out that it, it's already kind of a divisive hire um, and so we're going to have to see if they can hold that just a front office together. Well my, my first thought is how long had he been out of the game and his last <laughs> year while they did win the World Series was 2011. A lot has happened in nine years 
Like, yeah. let's, let's just put that into perspective. Think about how the game has changed so much from 2011 now until 2020. So uh, that was my first initial response is how was he going to be able to, to, as an older manager, keep the confidence and, and lead that clubhouse, especially on a younger team like the White Sox, who just made it into the postseason, experienced a little bit of success, made an early exit. But there's going to be some sort of divide. And, and Drew, you mentioned it. There is already a little bit of a clash there in the, the locker room. I believe it was Jeff Passan tweeting out that yeah. it ruffled some feathers with uh, employees about his ability to connect with the younger players. And that this was simply a decision by Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner. And I mean, clearly you can see that a mile away. I mean, it's going to be a hard thing. You you saw Bochi get up and, and leave the Giants because Zaidi came in. I, I honestly believe that was part of it. I, I also think Mike Sosha is getting a little older and getting a little, you know, just didn't want to deal with those analytics. I, I, that's just the way the game is moving, and I don't know that Larusa can stay with it anymore. I would question his ability to deal with the analytics more than to deal with the, the younger players. You know, I mean, he's proven that he's had some very good teams with, with a lot of stars, and he's proven he at least can get them to, to play hard and, and He's taken a, a very talented team. He's been able to corral it. I just, I, I agree completely. The, <clears throat> the hardest part for him is going to be dealing with the analytics and dealing with the front office and the, those types of pressures. Another guy who made headlines this week, A.J. Hinch, back in baseball. Uh, he signed a multi-year deal to manage the Detroit Tigers. Uh, your guys' thoughts, good move, bad move for the Tigers? I, I'm going to say it's a good move. You know, they, they showed a lot of promise at the beginning of the season to – the point where a couple people said, hey, hey, maybe keep an eye on the Tigers. And, you know, we ultimately saw what kind of happened down the stretch. But if you show a little promise and maybe you bring in the right sort of manager that can capitalize that talent, hey, they, they could just be right there. Now it's going to be a tough division moving forward in the future. But one that I think that could be theirs for the taking, we've seen what kind of manager A.J. Hinch could be, no less than I believe was 84 wins any year with the Astros. So – he could be the man to do it. Yeah, I mean, again, a guy who has proven himself to be able to have young talent and be able to coach them up and, and get them to to compete. Um, I, I think also if you're if you're coming from his perspective, you know, coming off of what you're coming from in, in Houston, I think nothing better than to take the coaching job of the last place team, the lowly the lowly Detroit Tigers, and and by creating trying to create a champion there you're going to have the backing of the city you're going to have the backing of the fans the the team and everything you're going to I think it's going to be easier to have the support from your fan base than if you're you know AJ Hinch and you just go take a, a job somewhere else I think there's still a lot of resentment for anybody who's involved in that Houston organization and I think cementing yourself uh in Detroit and I, I just I think that's a smart decision for him um moving forward from what he's coming from. Definitely. I think it's an easy way for him to earn his respect back, you know, after everything he's been through uh, with Houston and going through that whole scandal, start at the bottom and prove that you could be the manager that, you know, you were hired to be in Houston and start at the bottom, work your way back up, build that organization. And once they get competitive, Hey, he's, you know, that kind of, it doesn't get forgotten, but it definitely gets, I think, pushed to the side and uh, he can show who he actually is. Then we have a bunch of free agents, a uh, lot of good names on the market this year for 2021. Uh, started off with Trevor Bauer. He's right now a free agent. 
the Reds last year. Does he resign? If not, where does he go, Jake? Uh, you know, I, I'm always going to be inclined to say that he resigns, uh, but one team, and they're always going to be flush with cash, and they always need starting pitching help, especially after the injuries. Watch out for the Yankees. I mean, they made no secret about maybe kind of flirting around with them initially, and they're always going to need pitching help, and they're always going to be willing to spend. What about you, Drew? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Yankees, obviously. I, I, I always, you know, I'll, I'll throw in the, the Dodgers and the Angels. It uh, seems like they're always in the mix as well. Um, you know, you could even throw the Giants' name in there. It seems like for these big-name guys, the Giants are always uh, thrown around. Um, I, I don't know if he re-signs. I, I would say maybe you, you look at someone like the Angels, uh, finally get some pitching. You know, I, I think that would be a really good fit for him. Maybe I, I'm, I'm seeing online the Blue Jays. Um, a lot of people think that'd be a really good uh, landing spot for him. I mean, I'd love for him to go to the A's. I don't think that's a move that they'd be able to make financially. But I, I mean, you know, I mean, I'd love to see something like that, somebody to really dominate the top of that lineup. But I, I think I'd go to the Angels. Yeah, I could see him going to Anaheim. I could see him, his first personality fitting well in Oakland. I don't think they'll pay, um, pay up for him. But let's see, if I had to pick a team other than him re-signing with the Reds, I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres. I think they're, that's a young team that he likes, the, you know, that atmosphere with Tatis. They, they both have that mindset about changing the game, uh, having that flair, that personality. And he's tweeted a few times that he likes, you know, obviously that ballpark and, you know, just that that rotation could use some help, uh, quote unquote, from what he said. But um, I could see him joining the Padres or re-signing with the Reds. Another big name, we got Marcel Ozuna from Atlanta. Does he stay in Atlanta or does he go elsewhere? Man, that would be so fun to watch, though, Tatis and uh, Bauer on the same team. I mean, that'd be, that would be so entertaining. Um, I, think, I think Ozuna, I think it might, he, would, he would be smart maybe to stay. Um, or, or I would think maybe, maybe go to an American League team where he can, you know, like that, you know, Maybe a team like the Rays, you know, I think would be really fun to watch a guy like him play on a team like the Rays, uh, share some time with Ariz Arena and, and be able to DH and, and work in at a few different places. I see Marcelo Zuna working really well in Texas, and they're always trying to add more bats, especially with Joey Gallo in that new park, add a little bit more pop. I could see that bat being a mainstay in the middle of the lineup. But even if it's not the Rangers, I, I'm going to say he leaves and probably does not resign. Though I would agree it would probably be in his best interest to stay in Atlanta. I'm going to play it safe and just say he stays in Atlanta. They were super close this year, and all that talent's there. I feel like it's just a smart decision to stay if he wants to try to make a run at a ring. A uh, couple A's players, AL reliever of the year, Liam Hendricks and Marcus Simeon. Do, do they stay in Oakland? Do the A's resign them? Or if not, where do they go? Simeon, I think he does stay. Uh, I, I looked it up. Robert Paulson is the number two prospect in the A's uh, organization. He's a shortstop. Um, but they're not estimating him until 2024. So I think you have a couple years to go. I think he, he's been arguably the best shortstop in baseball over the last couple years. So I, I think the A's do sign him. As for Liam Hendricks, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. That's kind of another one of those uh, classic A's kind of moves. You know, you saw the same thing with uh, Blake Trinan before he went to the Dodgers. Um, I don't know. I don't know where Liam Hendricks goes. He's going to be good in anybody's bullpen. Um, I mean, you, you look at 
some of the some of the bullpens that were in the playoffs, I think they could all use a guy like Liam Hendricks. So I think it's it's pretty open for him. I just I don't think he's going to go back to the A's. Drew, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think Semyon re-signs. We saw how important he was to that lineup, and that lineup really didn't move without him sometimes, especially being up there in the top third, kind of being a mainstay. And that's a guy that really doesn't miss a lot of games, is, is someone you can count day in, day out to be in that lineup and, and be at the, up at the top. And one thing is his on-base percentage has gotten a lot better. I think this is if this is a conversation we had a couple years ago, you're definitely letting him walk, but he really has turned it around. The errors have been one thing he's vastly cut down to. That glove has greatly improved. So I think he resigns. Uh, but I'm also with you. I think Liam Hendricks leaves. And I, I for the reason that I, you can replace a bullpen arm a lot easier than you can replace a better shortstop. And we see these yeah. relievers, especially someone who was just named the AL reliever of the year, is going to probably want a lot of money. And he probably deserves it doesn't mean the A's have to be the one to give it to them, and I don't think they will. I think they'll say, hey, we can find someone else coming up the system. And they'll, even though Billy Bean won't be there, they're going to give a little nod to Billy Bean and say, hey, we'll, we'll go with that money ball strategy. We'll, we'll find a young arm ourselves. We've been, it's think, been run by, uh, by Forrest a lot these last, these last few years. haven't really been run by, by Billy too much anyway. But, I mean, you know, the A's have definitely proved with the last couple of years with Trinan and, and Hendricks, you know, I mean, they prove that they can take these guys who are average bullpen arms and they'll turn them into the, you know, the, the pitchers of the year, relievers of the year, and then they'll be able to bring something back hopefully, or, you know, do stuff like that. So I, I don't think they're going to stress over one arm in the bullpen. I think a leader like Simeon for that team, you obviously have the mats on the corners, but, that's a core piece, Marcus Simeon. Uh, he's kind of like that block that's been there. He's a local guy who went to Cal. I think it's important for the A's future success to re-sign him. Uh, like you guys said, it's easier to replace a bullpen arm than it is a really good shortstop. Uh, I just think the A's, you know, a lot of early exits in the playoffs, I think they're going to start changing the way they do things uh, with Billy Bean leaving. I think they're going to start investing in their players, and I say Hendrick stays. I know that it's kind of – 50-50 right now, but I'm going to go with that they invest in their players the next couple of years and that they uh, resign Hendricks. So, hot takes, World Series champs for next year, way too early predictions. Jake, who's your World Series champion next year? Give me the Braves again. I was wrong on them this year, but let me double up. Give me the Braves. Doubling down. All right, Drew, who you got? Yeah, I love it. I don't. I don't want to say the Dodgers. I feel like which is the easy answer. The Braves. The Braves. The Braves are going to be my next pick, man. I, I love it. Uh, I, I love what they're doing, and they're they're fun to watch. So yeah, I'm going to take the Braves too. I think next year is going to be, man. I hate to say this, but it's going to be either the A's or the Houston Astros. Uh, it's going to be an AL West team. I think the Astros were pissed off and proved a lot of people wrong this year. Um, you know, not cheating, coming in hot in the playoffs, winning all those games and those series. I think it's the Astros or the A's. You know, back in 88, the Dodgers won. The A's won the next year. Does history repeat itself? The Dodgers won this year. Do the A's win next year? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. One thing I want right. to say for the Astros real quick, I do think that Dusty Baker was perhaps the perfect guy to lead them through this playoffs and through kind of the whole cheating scandal. I mean, I, I grew up a Giants fan. Seeing Dusty Baker manage all my favorite Giants teams from when I was younger, that guy always cool as a cucumber with his toothpick. And even though he had a mask on, 
I know he still had that toothpick in there underneath <laughs> it. I, I know Dusty. And you, you take on the personality of your manager. You know, you take on the personality of your manager. Dusty's a cool guy. And the Astros were a cool team. They showed that in the playoffs when I was counting them out and I was saying, hey, Correa, quit talking. They they kept talking, they kept playing, and they kept proving people wrong. So, you know, they, they'll be right back. They're, Dusty will have that team ready again. Definitely. There's just too much talent on that team for them not to be deep in the playoffs every single year, no matter what's happened in the past. You know, they have a stacked lineup, decent pitching, and Dusty Baker is a great leader. So, all right, with that said, that wraps up Episode 10. Jake and Drew, thanks for coming on, and look forward to talking with you guys soon. All right, that wraps up Episode 10 of Tailgates and Teasers. Jake, Andrew, thank you for coming on, talking baseball with me. Looking forward to some upcoming episodes. We have some special guests coming on the show. I'm not going to drop any names yet, so be sure to follow the Instagram for the latest announcements and news on future guests and episodes. Uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Special edition customized tailgates and teaser hat as long as a $25 Amazon gift card. Be sure to follow the page and on our most recent post... The code word is magic. Why magic? Because Magic Johnson, L.A. Laker legend, uh, he's a part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He has $50 million invested, uh, 2.3%. So he's a big name in L.A., and that's the code word for the episode. just goes hand in hand. So be sure to comment the code word magic on our most recent post as well as tag two friends and be following the Instagram page. You will automatically be entered in a raffle giveaway for the hat and gift card. So with that said, episode 10 is in the books, and we look forward to seeing magic all over our posts. Till next time.